from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. It's second hour, and that means we get to do the news roundup. Matt, you got, uh, you're got you here with us, as Ready always. Ready to roll. Yep. Ready to roll. All right, so the news roundup is a really fun thing we like to do. We like to look back on all the other shows, find out what they were talking about, and then we can comment on it. We can make fun of it. We can agree. We can do whatever we want. It's our show. All right, but first... Let's get to the trivia. I don't know if you got this one earlier, Matt, but I'm going to play it one more time. I think you're going to get this one. It's pretty simple. Oh, my God. We finally really did it. You maniac! You blew it up! Damn you! Damn you all to hell! You have a quizzical look on your face. I know I'm going to kick myself when I find out what this is. Oh, my gosh. It sounds so familiar. I know. As soon as I say it, you're going to go, I knew that. I know. Right. I know. All right. It, that, of course, is Charlton Heston, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes, one of my dad's favorite movies. You know what's cra- crazy about that movie? Because we always talk about movies these days about, um, you know, like you look at something like Signs, which has like such yeah. an, the whole movie, you're like, wow, what's going on here? And then that ending, which, you know, to, not to spoil it for people, but- I see dead people, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's 20 something years old. I think it's okay. Uh, you like, you think that that's a new thing. Yeah. Surprising people with like, oh, you just don't know what's going on the whole time. They're like hiding the secret right in your face and you don't know what it is. Planet of the Apes is from the 19, what is that? 1960 something? Yeah, I think it's 60. And it, like, it's gotta be 60 something. And it's this great ending where he rides down the beach. He's got his... You think he's in caveman times or yeah. something. You know, he's got his cave woman behind him, yep. whatever her name was. She was looking good, too, back then. I was I was a fan. There you go. And he's riding down the beach, and then he gets off. And it's that great classic camera shot where it's just a still on him. Yeah. And you see that he's seeing something. You don't know what he's seeing, but clearly it's having quite an effect on him. Yeah. You maniacs, you hear him there. And then the camera pans over, and it is this super overgrown, old torn down uh, uh, Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my gosh, this was Earth the whole time. Yeah. He's back. He's back on the Earth. Big reveal, but masterfully so done. So good. It's so good. I think older movies were great at that too a lot of the times because they didn't have the reliance on effects and technology. So totally. they really had to make the suspense and the story work really well. Yeah, like any Hitchcock movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Prime example. All right, so uh, Seattle's Morning News, they were talking about the other Kelsey brother and what he's up to. Let's check in. Imagine getting a job at your local McDonald's only to realize your all-time favorite Eagles player is a semi-regular in the drive-thru. Madeline Wright with CBS affiliate KYW-TV has the story. You never know who you'll meet at a fast food drive-thru. They were like, um, Danielle, uh, Kelsey's here. And I was like, no way. Danielle Bonham was working at the McDonald's in Broomall last summer when beloved Eagle Center and Haverford resident Jason Kelsey pulled up at the window. What was your reaction when you saw him at the drive-thru? So the first time I cried because that's all I wanted for my birthday. I turned 40 in July. Since then, Bonham says she served Kelsey six more times. We know each other on a first name basis, obviously including Wednesday when he autographed her Eagles jersey. It's a photo that's blowing up on social media. I told him, I said, I finally got the jersey. Can you sign this for me? And he said, sure. And so he did. Um, And that's something I will cherish for the rest of my life. 
Bonham says Kelsey motivated her to keep going during one of the toughest moments of her life, a divorce. This was as bad as when I lost my mom in 2005, yes. Um, and I've expressed that to Jason. Um, it, the joy that he brings me, it's like it kind of feels the, fills the void. While she's sad to hear he might be retiring, she believes it's not goodbye, just see you later. Those Kelsey brothers, I yeah. tell ya. Well, I want to interview the parents. What did they do there? What did they do right? Yeah. That was such a cool story. That was a, I, I remember when that happened. I don't know that they had talked to the girl yet yeah. from McDonald's, but yeah, he just drives through. He goes to McDonald's every day. I think, I'm trying to remember what his order was. It was like a sausage and egg or a sausage and yeah. cheese McMuffin or yeah. something. And he got the same thing every day. Got to know this girl, first name basis. How cool is that that he just shows up with a jersey? Don't you love that, too, when these people that have achieved massive things are also, they show signs of being normal people down yes. to earth. Like, I think Warren Buffett did that. Oh, I get my co coffee at McDonald's or whatever. Like, just the most down to earth. And people that consider, despite their high status in life, consider other people. Yeah. They don't forget yeah. other people. That's I great. I bet you Warren Buffett, like, owns a big chunk of McDonald's, actually. <laughs> Probably. I think he owns a big chunk of Coca-Cola, yeah. too. Like, he's yeah. just, like, one of those, yeah, he's obviously but it was one just, of the richest It's so funny, one of those richest men, he's just like, I just go to the same place as everybody else, like yeah. the ones that don't fly first class. You He's know? just a simple guy. Yeah. I would definitely fly first class. Of course. One of the richest would. guys in the yeah. world. Wouldn't you? Oh, of course. Yeah, of, course. of course. I wouldn't even fly on a regular but that's jet. That's why they're rich and we're not. Yeah, I'd fly I'd fly <laughs> on my private jet. Um, you know, I had the I, I've had the good fortune of meeting some really famous people just yeah. like just through different weird jobs. And they definitely stand out. Like the ones who have been affected by the fame. You can tell yeah. instantly. You're just like, all right, Prima these, yeah. these people are fully caught up in it. And in a way you figure like, all right, this is probably how they achieved fame in some way mm -hmm. because they were obsessed with getting to this point, right. which then makes them into weirdos. And then there's other people who are famous because maybe they're really good at something. Like when I was a ball boy for the Sonics, yeah. I met so many massively famous people who would come to the games. Like yeah. I remember sitting down, I went into the locker room one day. And I'm just like kind of walking around and they're just like, you know, my, my job at the Sonics when I wasn't on the court rebounding basketballs was to be in the locker room and like if they needed anything or they need to run to their car or run a quick errand for them or whatever. Kind like of a gopher, yeah. Pre-game gopher type stuff, totally. But they were all really cool. Like all the players got to know you and it was yeah. really cool. It's like a really, you know, really amazing job for a young guy. So I'm in the locker room one day. I'm just kind of like chilling out, just sitting down. And I mean, like I went and they didn't care what you did. They honestly did not care what you did. Yeah. So it was like the most cake job. It was great. And they have this big platter set up in the back, uh, you know, this nutrition platter with like Gatorade bars and all these like drinks. And there's somebody back there just like making smoothies on command for anyone. So I would help myself. I just like, all right, I can help myself to these things too. So I'd go and I'd get a plate of fruit. And I'd be sitting there eating. I'm sit, so I'm sitting there one day. I'm eating some pineapple and some watermelon. And again, I don't think these things were intended for the ball boys, <laughs> but I didn't care. And they never stopped me. So I'm sitting down. I'm like just munching on some um, grapefruit or something and, or uh, um, uh, a watermelon. And I look over to my right and there's a guy sitting there and he's just in a suit, just chilling out, just like hanging. And so I kind of give him a nod and he gives me a nod. And I realized, like, sometimes when you see people, you're, you're kind of, they're so famous, you don't even realize, you're like, oh, that can't be them. Yeah. And it's Magic Johnson I'm sitting Whoa. next to. And of course he would be there because at the time I think he was like working with one of the teams or yeah. something that was in town. Or he was doing, I don't know, maybe he was doing NBA on TNT or something. Yeah. So he comes in the locker room because he knows everyone there. Like, there's Gary Payton and all these super famous guys. And it's Magic Johnson and it's just me and him sitting there, just chilling out. Yeah. And I don't know who he was waiting for and- 
So he just starts talking to me and he's just like asking me questions and I'm chatting back with him just like you and I are talking right now. Amazing. Amazing. And he's like, and so we have like probably a five minute conversation and I'm just the whole time. I'm like, that's magic Johnson. That's magic Johnson. (laughs) He played against Larry bird. That's magic. I'm massive basketball fan. Yeah. It was so cool. He's one of those guys like you cannot get more famous, especially in the sports world than Magic Johnson. Yeah. And so the fact that he's just like sitting there chatting with ball boys, just hanging out. And then, you know, then he had to go off and shoot his, you know, thing, whatever he was doing there with TNT. Very cool guy. So, um, yeah. Boy, you have some stories. I'm always impressed by the stuff you've you've done. Or I've, I've just had a lot of weird runs. That's the truth. Uh, but these Kelsey brothers, they certainly are having a, a moment. All right, G and Ursula, how do you address the pain of use of losing with your young athletes? This is one that I know very well. It's close to home. Yeah, for sure. I want to talk about how we talk to our kids because I was relating to you guys this morning that it was during our oldest son's losing football seasons. Actually, the one season, I think they won one game the entire season when he was with Lake City Youth Football. Okay. And and then the other time was when he couldn't play a single down when he broke his leg uh, going into his freshman year. Okay. Those were the two seasons where I actually saw the most growth in him as a young person because he had to face, you know, the, the fact that he, he thought um, w- with the losing season, he was there for every single game. And I told you, he he played center. He was an undersized center, but he, sure. he did a really good job. But, he, but his coach, Coach Paps, if you're listening, uh, just knew how to keep him motivated. Mm-hmm. And knew how to um, talk to the kids after they lost. I mean, they, they, they knew they were just going to get slaughtered each time, but somehow kept them like, you know what? There's other things. There's other victories that you could see within within these losses, mm-hmm. like how you grow as a football player, how sure. you grow as a young man, how you're a great teammate, how you, you know, yeah, it hurts not to win. Mm-hmm. It hurts to lose but you know in the in the case of of a a team like gonzaga i'm looking at it as like here's an opportunity did you do you have much experience playing sports growing up i didn't play a lot of organized team sports but i played a lot with the neighborhood kids just informal stuff but not team sports per se so i i played a lot of sports growing up i played baseball and stuff uh a lot and you know you learn these lessons as a kid what's really interesting is to watch your kids learn these lessons when they're on these teams. Yes. Like my, I have uh, three sons who I mention all the time and two of them have played organized sports. I coached oh. my, you know, I coached uh, one of my son's baseball teams last year and we didn't, <laughs> we didn't <laughs> do great. Ask. Yeah, no, we, we had a, uh, we had an okay season, it, we, but they're still pretty, young enough. That, pretty and, good. Pretty not great. <laughs> And so we didn't win a ton of games, but even at that, but, but at that age, they actually don't keep score until they get to a certain age and yeah, then they yeah. actually, but my older son, his team and it's kid pitch and stuff. Now they do keep score and they know the ups and downs of winning and losing. And he's on a basketball team right now too. And anytime they lose, like Ursula was saying, you do see this tremendous amount of growth. Like when somebody's yeah. winning all the time, they're not really growing because they're doing something right. Yeah. And there's not anywhere else for them to go you hit a certain point and you're just used to it like a person who has so much money that it's just oh this is nothing to me as much compared to the person who comes into it later and lower in life yeah wow this is a big deal yeah so what's interesting about losing or falling flat on your face or any of these things is you are humbled 
And yes. so you're learning humility. And humility is such an important lesson to learn. You know in that life. from personal experience. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, we all do. I mean, we all have to address these things in life like they happen to all of us. In fact, this is a quick side plug. Uh, go download the podcast right now. Kyra Nights with Jake Scorheim. I have a new, we're trying a new thing. There's just not enough time during our show to talk about everything we want to talk about. So I have separate conversations. I have a friend of mine who's episode number one, and I'm calling it the uh, No Last Names podcast because I'm not going to give last names because a lot of the stories that these people are sharing with me, they don't necessarily want to be known for, but they did live these stories. So this friend of mine, who I'm not going to give his name out, but I do, he does take a name in the podcast. Uh, and you can listen to it right now. Kyra Nights with Jake Scorheim, episode one of No Last Names. Um, he tells me this story about this time where he took a big swing on a business about yeah. 10 years ago. It cost him a lot of money and he kind of fell flat on his face, yeah. but he learned all these great lessons. So mm -hmm. 10 years later now, and he learned all these great business lessons, which now 10 years later, he's uh, now he's an entrepreneur. He's a business owner again. He's doing very, very well. And he took those failures and turned them into positives later right. in his life. And the story's also really funny and it's crazy. I mean, like you got to listen to it. It's really good. But with sports, with my sons, you have to have these conversations after they lose. Like yeah. my son would come home totally dejected and just like demoralized after losing a baseball game or a basketball game. And you sit down and you go like, well, you know what? Like that is life. These lessons about losing are lessons about life. And the other great thing about sports, and this is what I didn't really get until I was a parent who had kids losing in sports. Yeah. When you lose in life and you're by yourself, it's very painful because you feel like you're out there on an island. You feel isolated. Yes, yes. When you're a kid and you're losing on a team and you get to know the feeling of loss, but you're protected and you're insulated a with teammates. sense of loss and support. Totally. That. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it go down so much easier. Indeed. And you can learn those lessons and then you can build up that shell that you need to live life because yeah. you know how it is. Build up your resilience. Totally. Get back out there and take it on again. Completely. Uh, yeah, very interesting. And uh, sports is a great way to learn some lessons. All right, Jack and Spike, Washington potentially will offer a Mount St. Helens specialty license plate. Kate Stone has some thoughts on this. Because nothing screams, I've got excess money that I need to throw away than specialty license plate. Am I right or am I right? right? Oh, you are so uninformed on this. I love you like a brother, but did you know that specialty plates are one of the greatest ways to save money? Do tell. Uh, we have a collector plate on my wife's collector vehicle. Mm -hmm. I never have to pay tabs again. It's a one-time fee mm. for a collector plate, so I don't pay the tabs. I'm not paying for light rail I'll never does use. Does that apply to this? Um, does, I'm not sure. Well, it, I, I, a, do, does mm. that apply to that circumstance, Kate well, Stone? There's the actually several license plates that are in the legislature right now. They have to actually pass a bill in order to do so. There's a couple of different bills. One of the ones would put Smokey Bear on Based. the license plate. Okay. Pickleball would be another one. Cringe. Which is Cringe. <laughs> Uh, there's Pretty another cringe. one to recognize the LeMay Classic Car Museum in Tacoma with a throwback plate. But we actually have, I did a little deep dive, we have 70 specialized plates. There's all your typical ones like UW and, you know, WSU. But then you have some really interesting ones with, like, clowns on them. There's one with apples. There's one with, uh, that's encouraging you to get your pets spayed and neutered. That's mm. the Bob Barker Memorial Plate yep. you're speaking yeah, of there. there be go. careful. You got orcas, bald eagles, fish. I mean, we, you don't, know. Need to, we don't need to list them all off. But I, I square think dancing. The, There's a square dancing one. 70 different types of uh, I had no idea. Plates. That's a you lot. You put that clown plate on a uh, little... Uh, 
Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah, just I guess. For, let's see how many clowns you can be. Yeah, or like one of those <laughs> tiny little smart cars. Um, my father-in-law, I can't, I can't say the name of his plate, so nobody uh, starts following him and making fun. But he has a he has a vanity plate on the back of his car. Mm. And oh, I wish I could tell you what it says. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. And it's one of those things you see it, you instantly just roll your eyes and you don't like it. <laughs> and he thought he was being clever, really clever and cool. And like, I guess in a way, maybe I'll come full circle on this. And at some point I'll realize that, oh yeah, he just doesn't care at all. Yeah. What it, and, and it's not anything bad. It's not suggesting anything bad. It's not dirty in any way. It doesn't, uh, you know, it's like a dad joke, perhaps it's, it's totally a dad joke and it doesn't <laughs> offend anyone, but no, but he's not joking. Mm. He actually thinks this sounds cool. Oh. And so, oh, what a horrible <laughs> thing for me to do, which is to introduce such this a tease. and not be able to tell you guys, I wish I could, but I can't. <laughs> Uh, but it's ridiculous, and I don't like vanity plates. I really square dancing, like really? No, it's not square dancing. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they had those. You're right. All right, uh, this was it. Thanks a lot, Matt. This is the News Roundup. We hope you enjoyed it. We got a lot more coming up. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cover Nights. I saw this thing with Larry David. He was on the Today Show, and I thought this was really entertaining just because I think Larry David is hilarious. Of course, Larry David is the creator and the star of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is just one of the best comedies of all time. So Larry stars in that show, and he basically plays like a uh, caricature of himself. Although as he gets older, I think it's probably closer and closer to the real thing. And Larry David, of course, super famous. He also created Seinfeld. Very, very successful guy. And Curb Your Enthusiasm, which just follows Larry David playing himself again around doing his normal life. He just plays a guy who doesn't like people and who's stuck in a world full of people. That's the whole premise of the show. Very, very funny. So he was on today's show. He was talking about how, yes, this is the final season. He has said this before, and then he goes away for a couple of years, and then HBO brings him back, and then they end up doing another season and another season. But it's whenever he wants to make it. At you know, So some seasons will be back-to-back. Other seasons will be four years apart, three years apart. It's a very strange way to make TV. But it's Larry David. It's Kirby Enthusiasm, so people are happy just to get it. Uh, so he was on today's show. He has now claimed this is indeed his final season. Larry, it's your final season, I know, Brad. we're final we're season, We're kind yes. of bumming. Yeah. That what? it's the end. Yeah. You're bumming. Yeah. Are yeah. you bumming? No. Well, why I, is it the end? Yeah, why did no you decide that? No one's saying end it. I think, you know, I'm almost ready for a nursing home. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, it's a little old for a grown man to be acting like that. You know? <laughs> Nobody believes me. I don't understand it. But people don't believe me. This this is it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'm um, 76. I'm almost ready for a nursing home. I didn't realize he was 76. But would you, I guess when you look at him, you go, yeah, I guess he could be pretty old. But he feels very spry to me. His mind is still, 
Well, if I'm being honest, like his mind has always been kind of crazy, which is why he's so funny. I don't even know if no, if anybody would notice if he was losing his mind because he's very, very funny already. All right, so Larry David, he was also asked about the finale. Is he nervous about the finale of Curb Your Enthusiasm? Obviously, the finale of Seinfeld got a lot of criticism. Another thing that you love to talk about, finales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you stressed out about doing this finale mm-hmm. and giving Curb a proper send-off? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit, if I may be honest. Say yeah. more about that. Which I don't like being, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was some uh, some to-do about the, the Seinfeld finale. Yeah, there was a yeah. to-do, yeah. So, uh, so we'll see what happens, yeah. <laughs> okay, but can you give us a little hint? Like, no, I can't. Why? No, I can't. Because you don't want to? Yeah, yeah I don't want to. I, I love how he just says, nah, I don't feel like doing it. Which is how Larry David lives his life. The guy's probably worth... $250 million. I mean, I don't know what they sold Seinfeld for in syndication deals, but it's a lot of money. And so he's worth, and he's making a lot of money on Curb as well. So I think the guy's very, very set. And that just, you know, they say when somebody has a lot of money, they say they have that certain type of money. You know what I mean? It's kind of crass to say it, so I'm not going to say it, but it's a letter and then it's a U. It's a letter and then a U money. That's what they call it. I think Larry definitely has that letter U money. All right. um, One wonderful thing about Larry David is he can just kind of talk about anything. And he seems to have a funny take on everything. So he was asked some random things. He was asked about something called a chat and uh, cut, a cut and chat. Let's hear about it. Here's one. Okay. Is it it ever okay Mm -hmm. to chat and cut? Now, chat and cut is when you see your friend, you know, describe it. Describe what chat and cut is. Chat and cut is there's a line, okay? And maybe you sort of know somebody a little bit. You've met them once. And then you go and pretend like you know them very well. And then you don't leave that position in the line. Oh, they're ahead in the line. Because they're ahead in the line. So you've walked, oh, hey. Hey. And and now all of a sudden you've cemented (laughs) your place in the line. Are you pro chat and cut? That's a chat and cut. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever done it? I've done it, yes. Yeah, yeah, I've done it. He was also asked what his thoughts were on Travis Travis and Taylor. Of course, everybody's favorite couple, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Larry David gives the response that we all are happy to give. What do you think about (laughs) Travis and Taylor? You've really got a nerve. Yeah. You've really, got, you've really got a nerve. You bring it out you know, enough. By the way, I, we I, weren't going to. I used I used the S word once before <laughs> on this show some years ago. Oh, oh. I'm prepared to use oh, it no, again. No, no, no. In no. answer to that question, <laughs> and I think you know it's I don't give. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, that, okay. A schnoodle. A schnoodle. Yeah, okay. Funny answer. In fact, somebody gave that same answer yesterday. Who was that? And what show was that on? Lisa, do you think it's real or are you a cynic? I don't care. Yeah. We were talking about the Travis and Taylor relationship. There was some speculation that it is a made-up relationship. And it's not real and it's just for ratings. That's what somebody was speculating. And then that story kind of got very popular. And people were saying, yeah, maybe it is just made up. So we asked Lisa what her feelings on the Travis-Taylor relationship were. I care less about this story. Now, Lisa, let me ask you this question. What? Why don't you care? It, uh, whatever. Do Honestly. you hate Do you hate their love? 
see, I, I actually, my, my best friend and I went away for a few days over, over the Christmas holidays, and, and she was mentioning this, and I was, I'm like, I just, I really don't care. Now, Lisa, I have a problem with that because we're all supposed to care. I don't a care. A lot. We're all supposed to care a lot. If you watch an NFL game, there's a lot of shots at Taylor Swift, so clearly they want us to care. I don't care. Are you sure? Yes. Let me tell you one more thing about the two of them. No. Please? No. All right. Well, they're both really rich, and they're both moderately good-looking. Does that make it any more interesting no. to you? No. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So Lisa doesn't care. Larry David doesn't care. Um, all right. So I want to play you one more thing really fast. This is uh, this is with the Larry David thing. Uh, you remember that Curb Your uh, Enthusiasm theme song I played for you just a second ago? Well, a few years back, I remember hearing the story about how Larry David actually stumbled upon that theme song. Everybody knows it. It's iconic now. As soon as you hear that theme song, you just know you're watching Kirby Enthusiasm or you're thinking of Larry David every single time. So Larry David was giving this interview and he was actually, I think it was at the Paley Center of the Arts and he was talking to the audience and they asked him, the moderator said, hey, where'd you come up with that theme song that everybody just loves? And in a very Larry David-like way, he explains where he found it, which is exactly where Larry David would find it. Listen to this. Pretty funny. The music, which I think is, plays a pretty important role. Where did the, how involved, Larry, are you in that selection? Where did the theme song come from? I was watching television about five years ago, and, and uh, there was a bank commercial. I thought, boy, I love that. Where did they get that from? And the commercial ran for a week, and I never saw it again. And then I, 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 had, I had my assistant research it. I said, this, there's this bank commercial. I, I forgot the name of the bank. And then it became this whole, this whole ordeal to get the name of the bank and the music. And finally, she tracked it down, and, and I had the name. And I sat on the name for four years. I, I sat, I, I sat on, on the music and the composer. I just put it away for some time when when I would need it, and then all of a sudden, when, when we started doing the special, I, I, I got a great piece of music I want to use, and boy, people really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't the music great? Yeah. You like it. It just, it just sort of introduces the idea that you're in for something pretty idiotic. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You're in for something pretty idiotic. All right, uh, we have a lot coming up on the show. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to get to that in just a few minutes. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. All right, I want to play this clip for you guys because I found this really funny. It's actually a, a, a post I'm going to read for you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why this story really made me laugh. There is an elected official who posted this. This was earlier in the week who actually, po- this was something that very much impressed them, like so much impressed them that they put this on the internet as a sign to show how with it, uh, President Biden is because he's so hip and with it. I'm with it. I'm hip. 
All right, so this is uh, this is the story. Basically, is that the president of the United States was out? He was uh, uh, shaking hands and kissing babies or doing whatever they do on fundraising trips. He's in Los Angeles. He's at a cafe in Los Angeles, and one of the customers walks up to him with a cell phone, as people are wont to do. Nobody gets autographs anymore. Everybody wants a picture. So somebody comes up with a cell phone and says, "Hey, can we take a selfie?" Now the phone was turned the wrong way, or the camera was turned the wrong way, or something. Whatever. So President Biden reaches out and hits the camera reverse. You know the little camera thing? It looks like a recycle sign, but it's like you can flip the camera between the front and the back. So he did that. He knew how to do that. And that made its way around the Internet to show how hip and with it President Biden is. He's totally there. Cognitively, he's as sharp as ever. Um, this was an elected official. An elected official actually posted this. They said, POTUS got jokes. Per the press pool, while posing for a selfie with a customer at CJ's Cafe in Los Angeles today, President Biden switched the customer's phone to selfie mode. The customer expressed surprise that POTUS knew how to do that. After the last guy, the bar's on the floor, Biden quipped. Gotta love this guy. Again, that was the elected official who posted that, who was very impressed because Biden knows how to put a phone into selfie mode. You know what, big boy? You're grown up. Yeah, I did that. Because you're grown up and you're grown up and you're grown up. Yes, he is. He's with it and he knows how to put a camera in selfie mode. I think our standard for president of the United States, I don't know that Donald Trump would know how to do this, to be honest, either. Uh, and I'm not making an argument that Donald Trump should be in office. All I'm saying is whoever is in office, whether it's a Democrat, whether it's a Republican, whether it's an independent, which who knows if that'll ever happen. Whoever is in office, they should be able to use a cell phone, I think. I mean, just personally, because that would be great. That would say a lot about them that they know how to use phones. I think that's great. But it also shouldn't be something that we're so surprised by. Maybe that speaks to a larger concern uh, that maybe the people running for office are getting a little long in the tooth if we're so surprised that they know how to put a camera into selfie mode, so much so that we need to yell about it on the internet and say how great it is. All right, uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up. You don't want to miss a second of it, I promise. We got great stuff coming up, so stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights.